Hello and welcome to the Yuha UP podcast. My name is Yuha and no, that is not a stage name. This is a fitness podcast where I try and help you along your fitness journey, often using mobility interventions to help you break through barriers or plateaus you've been struggling with. And if you're like me and believe that improving joint health should be a part of your routine, this is for you. Today we're going to talk about the six questions you should ask yourself to better understand how mobility training can help you. Because ultimately, how it can help you is going to change depending on your goal. So the more you clearly understand your own goal, the better you'll be able to understand how mobility training can help you. Uh, So... Personally, I love questions. I feel like I could probably have an entire conversation with someone by only asking them questions. But of course, when you do that from their perspective, it usually gets stale after a while, unless someone just loves talking about themselves. But So I was recently reading an article, and it was talking about strength training strategies, and it you know was talking about what's better high frequency or low frequency or high intensity or low intensity or high frequency low intensity high intensity low frequency and just kind of comparing the two and i just couldn't help but think that this can really relate to mobility training people that are looking to improve how well they move usable ranges of motion improving their joint health uh so what are the six questions? Uh, basically, the six questions are divided into three categories, and I'm going to talk about that now. The first category is frequency. The second category is intensity, and the third ex- and the third category is exercise selection. So, on the topic of frequency, um, so it's like. What's better, high frequency or low frequency? Depending on the topic, whether we're talking about powerlifting or yoga or building hypertrophy in the gym, people are always going to debate how much frequency you need in order to get better at something. But what about mobility? And when I talk about mobility, it refers to the usable ranges of motion that is pos- that is possessed. Yeah. Sorry, mobility refers to the amount of usable range of motion that one possesses at an articulation, as per the definition from the functional range systems. So, the first question I want you to ask is, what do you spend your time doing? Really analyze what your work week looks like, and if most of your day is being sedentary, that is something to factor in, you know. A week has 168 hours, and of those, how many hours is spent being physically active? Maybe a couple? So at least you need to acknowledge the ratio of how many hours do you spend being active and moving your body, moving your joints, and how many hours do you spend being sedentary? Because if you are not being very active, then it would make sense that you could look to improve the frequency, maybe. And the second question is just to ask yourself if you're aware of the law of entropy. So the law of entropy is the second law of thermodynamics. 
I'm not pretending to be even like an expert on this at all, but I do think that the definition is very relatable when we talk about this stuff. So the quote is, there's a natural tendency of an isolated system to degenerate into a more disordered state, which I think that kind of can be related to the um, atrophy of a muscle. So if the law of entropy, it's, it, I feel like the law of entropy is kind of like atrophy, but on a cellular level. Entropy is kind of as our body is dissipating heat, and then at a muscular level, that kind of natural tendency is like we get older with time, we get slower with time, we get weaker with time. So putting those two things together, if you are currently living a life that is relatively sedentary, and you factor in that our body's natural tendency is just to slowly break down with time. And by the way, you know, so do plants and everything else. Do you just slowly dying essentially is so factoring in those two things, if you're not very active and the body's natural tendencies to get worse with time, then it would make sense to include high frequency of mobility training of making it a consistent part of your day, a consistent part of your week, something that you just do as an ongoing practice. Because if our body wants to go one way, we have the choice. If you want to slow down the rate in which things are going to break down, then we should probably be doing high frequency. The second category is intensity. So obviously, no one is just going to want to like roll out of bed and just do something really high intensity right, right, right out of the gate. But at the same time, if you roll out of bed and the activity that you do is like five to 10 seconds of like shoulder circles and leg circles, maybe it'll get some blood flowing, but like that's not going to really do too much for you. So from a mobility perspective, is there like a happy medium? So the first question I want to ask in this category is what does your life demand of you? If you look at the specific actions that you do, if you do a lot of bending because you're in construction, or you do a lot of reaching because you're a nurse, or you have a different profession that is demanding on your knees, etc. Um, it's important to look at if your job is very demanding of your lower body, of your hips, knee, ankle, it may be important to have exercises that are prioritizing hip, knee, and ankle. And if we include that in the conclusion above that we should be having high frequency, then that would make sense that if we had something that was high frequency, the intensity would likely have to go down. So for a lot of people, it maybe could be beneficial if you have a job that is very intensive in your hip, knee, and ankle to have multiple times per day or per week, multiple, multiple sessions of low intensity, high frequency exercises that can help you perform better at your job so that's at least something to think about and the second question in this category is what is your current fitness level and that will relate to the demands of your life because if your current fitness level is a little bit higher then you're going to be able to recover better from these sessions and you'll be at a position where you might be able to handle more high intensity mobility 
articulation joint focused exercises but if your if your fitness level isn't very good which no judgment here everyone has to start from somewhere if your fitness level is lower then doing high intensity mobility related exercises just may not be appropriate for you right now they may be beneficial for you in the future but right now you have to work with what your strengths are and um so I guess if you did have a low fitness level, if you felt like you were having a hard time recovering from high intensity sessions, then do more low intensity sessions and do something like more cardio, go for walks, hop on an elliptical and work at like a relatively low percentage of your max heart rate and try and stay in some zones, like do things to promote heart health and the better that you're the fitness of your heart, sorry, as you can improve the fitness of your heart, it'll help to boost recovery. And then as you boost recovery, it can put you at a better position to handle more high intensity mobility exercises. So my conclusion for that is um, both can be appropriate. You, you can have high intensity or low intensity exercises in your routine, but it just depends on your fitness level and what the demands are from your current job, from from your current life. And then the third section is exercise selection. So I want to include this one because I think that there is a lot of confusion around what a mobility exercise is versus a regular exercise or is there even really a difference? Well, the general definition like as put out by the functional range systems is the amount of usable motion that one possesses in an articulation. So there are different aspects when considering how much usable range of motion one possesses at an articulation, whether there's rotational deficits, linear deficits. Um, yeah, if things are, yeah. If there's more of an active restriction or passive restriction, if there's closing angle joint pain. So because there are different aspects to consider, there are also different aspects that you can improve. So I think it's more accurate to say that this is a thought process that you can apply to any exercise. You can add a mobility, you can add joint focused things. Yeah, you can add joint focused aspects to a push-up, you can add something to a regular bodyweight squat that would make it more joint-focused. So the first question to ask is, are you currently exercising enough? So, or sorry, are your current exercises enough? Are the current list of exercises that you do, are they enough to like check the boxes of doing hip mobility exercises? Well, let's talk about the hip, for example. Here's every movement that the hip can go through internal rotation, external rotation, flexion, extension, abduction, adduction, and circumduction. So if any one of those movements are neglected in your training, the health of your hip is slowly going to get worse over time. And also joints not only work in flexion, but there are flexion zones. So you may have some strength in hip external rotation, but you may not have as much strength in hip external rotation if your hip is abducted or if your hip is in more extension. Things are more 
zone base and you can be stronger in some zones and less strong in some other zones so it's important to at least think about the exercises that you're doing it's not that a squat is bad but it's that you cannot look to a squat to do everything for your legs you cannot look to squat deadlift lunge you cannot look to those three exercises and say yep it hits the quads the hamstrings and the glutes i'm good no no there's more things to consider than just those muscle groups because when you look at it from a joint perspective you realize that there's a lot more that you can consider and that you should consider for the benefit of yourself and then the second question is to ask yourself if the exercises in the training that you're currently doing are you doing more internal or external loading I think for a lot of people, you can have both, but it just depends on what you're ready for. So if you're new to mobility training, internal, external loading, how it relates to mobility training is often mobility training, we're trying to expand ranges of motion. So we, we, we are often challenging someone to go into new or unfamiliar ranges of motion. And if you're, if you're training in a new, unfamiliar range of motion, then by default, you should be choosing to do things that are the safest in those positions. So for example, when you're in an end range that may be new to you, it is the safest contraction to choose to train with isometrics. So that's why we do pales rails. We train end range strength isometrically because that's the safest contraction and when it comes to loading and end ranges the safest is also internal loading like creating full body tension maximal voluntary contraction things like that um just like a, a comparison would be like if you were to give someone a really tight handshake and you can feel it travel up your forearm into your elbow into your bicep and your arm region that's an example of irradiating tension and applying things like that is definitely safe in the beginning. But as people get stronger, as you use progressive overload in those ranges, there can definitely be benefits to adding load. Very light load compared to the other ranges of motion, but um, that is definitely something to consider. Uh, so my conclusion on the exercise selection is regardless of your goal, everybody should be moving and training each joint through full pain-free ranges of motion often. And when, when training in your end ranges, using internal loading is incredibly underrated. That's not to say that external loading is bad, but internal loading is incredibly underrated because of how safe it is and with how how quickly some people jump the gun and stop doing that when it can give a lot, a lot, a lot of benefits. Thank you, and that's everything for today. See you in the next episode.